My name is Matt, uh, lovely to see you. I'm a member here at St. James's, and apart from doing other jobs like physiotherapy and personal training, I am also an evangelist, uh, which means I go out and speak to people about Jesus. And if you'd like to know more about what I do, please do come and speak to me afterwards. Be lovely to chat. So about a month ago, Dave, who works on staff here, said, could you do a talk today? And he said, listen, Matt, you've got free reign. Talk about anything you want. Maybe something you really enjoy talking about, something you're really passionate about. So somehow I've ended up choosing the uplifting, happy, happy topic of death. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, I told my mum I was uh, choosing this topic, and she said, I'm very concerned about you, Matthew. <laughs> February is a miserable month as it is. They don't need your doom and gloom talk adding to it. Uh, I love my mum. She says it how it is. Uh, but I did tell her, like I'm going to say to everybody today, that yeah, there is the uh, tough talk about death to get through, but there is also the wonderful, life-changing news that everyone in this room can have victory over it. The wonderful, life-changing news that everyone in this room can have victory over death. Would you like that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do just pray now there'll be some people in this room who think, actually, this is a subject I don't really want to talk about. It's not relevant to me right now. And there'll be others in here where actually death is quite close to home and they really need some hope. So we do just pray, Lord, that you would help us to listen to what you have to say. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of you may know I became a Christian at Newcastle University. Uh, I went up to Newcastle for two main reasons, really. Number one, uh, it's a great party city with loads of girls. So I thought, yeah, that's a bit of me. And uh, the second reason was, which is kind of hard to admit as a southerner, but I feel the further north you get, the more smiley people you get. Until you hit Scotland, so I stopped in Newcastle. Anyone Scottish doesn't like me, that's fine. Uh, but anyway, I got to Newcastle, and I was really enjoying my first term, going out, partying, loads of drinking. But I do remember thinking at some point, what's the point of all this? But even if I get my degree, I get the family I want one day, the holidays, the experiences, the nights out, all I want out of life, well, I'm still going to be six feet under like everyone else. And that just kind of ruined everything. I thought, surely that can't be it. No matter what I did, what I achieved, death was just waiting at the end and ultimately we had the last laugh. I don't know, maybe I just needed a few more Jaeger bombs and beers in Newcastle Town Centre to forget about it all. But it's not just me who feels like this. Uh, Solomon, a wise man, lived 3,000 years ago. Historians think he was probably one of the richest men of his time. Uh, listen to what he had to say. It's going to come up on the board now. He said this, I wanted to see what was good for people to do during, uh, under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. 
I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself, and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers, and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Let's just pause there and have a read of verse 10 again. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Whatever his eyes could see, he could have. Isn't that the dream? So rich and powerful, he could literally have anything. Houses, gardens, uh, food, work, wine, women, servants, holidays in Ibiza. There was no holidays in Ibiza then, but there. You could have any. What would you have chosen? I wonder what would you have chosen? Uh, my mum and dad always talk about winning the lottery and how, you know, that we'd just be able to do such lovely things and get such lovely things. Surely that, that would leave you fully satisfied. Well, let's see, verse 11. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Solomon said, in the end, everything was meaningless. Uh, the Hebrew means uh, like vapor. Uh, think of breathing on a cold day. Uh, you can see it, but you can't grasp onto it. It's gone. That's what life's like, Solomon says. You can have everything, experience everything, but it's gone quicker than breath on a cold day. Death just laughs at it, takes it all. All of us share this. Uh, Malcolm Forbes of Forbes magazine in America uh, famously said this. He said, whoever dies with the most toys wins. And someone, the best response to this was someone who said, he who dies with the most toys still dies and never takes his toys with him. See, the problem with death is it takes everything. No more family, no more friends. No more parties, no more holidays, no more smiles. Everything we love, gone. So what do we do with it? How, how should we deal with it? Look, maybe you're still sitting here and thinking, listen, Matt, this all sounds a bit depressing to me. I, I, I don't really want to talk about stuff like that. But God wants you to listen today. He's saying, wake up, because here's the thing. He provides the best answer, the only answer to death in his son, Jesus Christ. Because at the end of your life, only one thing matters. Did you put your trust in Jesus who can give you victory over death? Did you put your trust in Jesus who can give you victory over death? I hope that's what we'll see today, but we have two main points to get there. And the first one is, how the world deals with death, and the second one is uh, how Jesus deals with death. Jesus gives us victory over death. Let's speed it up a bit. Uh, so firstly, how does the world deal with death? 
Well, I think you get three common responses. Uh, and here's the first one. Escape the reality. It's going to come now. Escape the reality. Let's just not talk about it. Escape the re- Let's avoid thinking about it. Uh, and listen, who can blame us? I mean, there's plenty of nicer things to talk about. And it's funny how the world has changed. In Victorian times, uh, a subject like sex, well, that was never spoken about. But death, death was spoken about quite a lot. Uh, but now in this generation, it's completely the opposite. Sex is spoken about all the time, isn't it? You know, Love Island, casual dating apps. There's even a show called Naked Attraction, which I only know, by the way, from watching Gogglebox before I get fingers pointed at me. Uh, But it's a crazy show where people decide who they're going to date, not based on what they look like, uh, but based on how they look naked and how useful that might be for sex. You know, it's social media. It's in your face all the time. But death, no, 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 let's not talk about that. Let's escape that reality. Do you find that? I'm guilty of this too. Uh, me and my mum often watch the news and when something comes on about someone dying or maybe more recently the deaths in Turkey and Syria, we often want to change channel quite quickly. You know, just, just block it out. So is that the way to deal with death? Just escape the reality, block it out? Well, the problem with that is no matter how much you try to escape it, it's a reality we all have to face. Uh, me and my family love going on family holidays to Cyprus because we're Greek. And we love going to the lovely beaches, lovely Greek food, Greek salad with feta, because you know everything is better with feta. <laughs> Smash some plates. I'm really living up to the stereotype now. Um, but we have a great time on holiday together. Uh, but do you ever get this feeling on holiday? I know I do. Uh, that no matter how much you're enjoying yourself, no matter how much you're escaping the reality, We all know that day will come where we have to pack our bags and go home. And you can only escape the reality of death for so long, but we're still all going to have to face that day. So we can't just escape it or ignore it. That can't be the answer. Maybe it's this. Now, this is an exciting one. Maybe the answer is this. It's going to come up now. You die and that's it. So live for the moment. You die and that's it. So live for the moment. I'm going to read you a quote now from a current social media influencer, whatever that means. Uh, You only live once, so enjoy it. Every moment is precious because that's all you've got. That's the beauty of life. And actually, that makes it more exciting. We must make every second count. You only live once, so live for the moment. Well, that sounds a bit fun, doesn't it? I want a bit of that. Don't have to worry about deep things, just enjoy your life. But actually, the problem with that is, as humans, deep down we crave more than that. Deep down we want something that lasts. And we see this in many things. We see this in our favorite Netflix documentaries. You know, when it's the last episode of the last series, we say, is that, is that the end? Surely there's another series. I don't want it to be the end. Uh, We see it in the music we listen to. Uh, Aretha Franklin, forever, forever, you stay in my heart. She doesn't want this love to end. One of my favorites, by the way. Or the Jay-Z song, forever young, I want to be forever young. Everlasting love, an old school classic. Uh, We see it in celebrities who spend so much money on plastic surgery to to last looking younger. 
Uh, we even see it in attempts in science. I was uh, reading an article the other day about a man developing a pill not to grow old. Or, or billionaires who spend millions and millions of pounds in ice chambers so they can store their body in the hope that one day technology will advance and their consciousness can be re-downloaded. They want to last. Also, have you ever been to a funeral where someone says, why are you all crying? You die, that's it, live for the moment. Stop being so silly. Well, of course not. We don't enjoy when people don't last, when things don't last. And God's word says the same thing. Uh, have a look with me. It's going to come up now. God says in his word, also he has put eternity into man's heart. God has placed an eternal longing on every human heart. The feeling of wanting to last forever is in here. It's part of our inner being at our very core. So it's no wonder we can't deal with things not lasting. Uh, we were made for something infinite. So we can never be happy filling our hearts with finite things. Or, or to put it more simply, we were made to last, so can never be happy with stuff that doesn't. Uh, some of you may have an Apple iPhone on you now. Uh, uh, owner and founder of Apple, Steve Jobs, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Uh, shortly after, he said this. He said, no one wants to die. And yet death is a destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. No one wants to die, Steve Jobs says. Uh, you can live for the moment all you like uh, and pretend, yeah, it's fine. It's just part of life. But deep down, we don't want that. And listen, maybe you're not convinced. Maybe it might take something like terminal cancer, like Steve Jobs had, or a family member suffering, or or being at rock bottom to see that living for the moment is not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, one of the greatest authors and writers, Tolstoy, he said this, one can only live while one is intoxicated with life. As soon as one is sober, it is impossible not to see that it is fraud and a stupid fraud. Do you see what he's saying? One can only live being intoxicated with life. Once we sober up with all the pleasures of life, we see the reality of living for the moment is so unsatisfying. We want more. So escaping the reality, uh, living for the moment, well, they can't be the answer. Maybe it's this final one. Maybe it's number three. Here we go. Gonna come up. I don't know, but I hope there's somewhere better. I don't know but I hope there's somewhere better. I hope there's somewhere better after we die where we can see family and loved ones again. People often say that, don't they? Uh, I'm gonna test your film knowledge now. Uh, what uh, lyrics are, uh, is this film from? Are these uh, words from, excuse me? Don't worry, I'm not gonna sing. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Anybody? Wizard of Oz, one of my favorites. Also, I pretend to be really cool and go to the gym with my mates, lift heavy weights, so don't tell them that's one of my favorite films, but it definitely is. Uh, but the main character in this film, Dorothy, is uh, singing this song somewhere over the rainbow, hoping for a land beyond the life that she's living, over that rainbow, somewhere better. 
And for some of us, well, we deal with the question of death in the same way, hoping for a land beyond this life of suffering and death. Somewhere better. I hope there's somewhere better over that rainbow. Uh, it's something uh, parents tell their kids, isn't it? When, I don't know, young Charlie says to, says to mum, where's Nana gone? Oh, it's gone to be with granddad in a better place. You know, in heaven. I mean, these people are not even religious and they say these things, don't they? Well, that's all very nice, but is it true? You're just saying these hopeful, wishful things. Is it all just a fairy tale to make us feel better? Do you see the problem with the ways the world tries to deal with death? We can try and escape from the reality, but the reality still remains. Uh, you, you can try and live for the moment, but once we sober up, we want something that lasts. And we can hope for something better, but is it all just a fairy tale? Well, let's see what Jesus has to say. How does Jesus deal with death? Uh, so last point, and then we're done. Jesus gives us victory over death. Right, now for the good news, I promise. Uh, this is how Jesus deals with death. Uh, we turn to the reliable historical account in John's gospel. And initially, we turn to a very sad scene. A man named Lazarus has just died, and Jesus has turned up. And Jesus is crying. Jesus is weeping and is comforting the sisters of the dead man, Lazarus. Uh, we read this. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had also come along with her weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Do you notice that Jesus is deeply moved by death? He's not indifferent or uncaring. He really gets that death is an awful thing. Death is not how things were supposed to be in the world. Uh, let's pick up the story from there. Uh, verse 38, uh, Jesus, once more deeply moved, uh, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid over across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for the body has been in there four days. I was definitely dead, Jesus. What are you doing? Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Notice that nobody believes anything, uh, nobody believes Jesus can do anything about it. Yeah, he's done some miracles, he's healed a few people, he's even calmed storms, but death, nah, that's, a, that's a step too far. The body has been in the tomb for four days, it's, it's rotting in the heat. Pack your bags, Jesus, leave it, no chance. How does it end? Uh, look with me at verse 43. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
the dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. No mere human could overturn death. But what Jesus said that what he was gonna do would display the glory of God, who, who in the beginning spoke a word and gave life to the universe, now speaks a word and gives life to Lazarus. Jesus deals with death by showing he has power over it. He can raise people from the dead. He is showing you he can give you victory over death. And listen, we need to take someone like that seriously. Uh, Even more so, we read later that Jesus himself rose from the dead after dying on the cross for our sins. You see, every other religion uh, goes to the tomb for their teacher. Christians don't. Because Jesus' tomb is empty. Looking for the body of Jesus, you won't find it because Jesus is alive. Jesus deals with death by beating it. Uh, That's why he says this, have a look. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So what does this mean? What does this mean for us? Well, it means that Jesus has beaten death. And if you have Jesus on your side, you can beat death too. Jesus has beaten death. And if you have Jesus on your side, you can beat death too. Do you want that? (laughs) Anyone here want to beat death? I know I do, because death's a horrible thing. This is worth more than anything, worth more than gold. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong. uh, That doesn't mean you won't physically die. You will. But death won't be the final call. If you face death with Jesus on your side, you will beat it and rise up to eternal life in heaven. Of course, the contrast to that is if you die without Jesus on your side and you say, no, 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 Jesus, I don't need you on my side when I face, I'll face death alone, actually. Well, well, then he can't help you. Then the final call will be eternal death in hell. So the question is, do you want to face death by yourself or with Jesus on your side? If you're a Christian here today, how amazing is it that we already have Jesus on our side? Hallelujah. We already have victory over death. And what that means is, We don't have to fear it. Isn't that so, so amazing that we don't have to fear our own death? Jesus will raise us up again. And not only that, but we don't have to fear things in life now. Because, well, if death and hell were always our biggest problems, and Jesus has dealt with that, well, he can deal with whatever you're going through right now. You can trust him to take care of whatever's happening in your life right now. At work, at home, 
relationship troubles, financial troubles, in your sins, in your joys and in your despairs. If we trust Jesus, we don't need to fear death or even things in our life now. No guilt in life, no fear in death. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Death, you're not victorious, not like our God, he's glorious, eternally won by God's own son. And if uh, you're not a Christian and you're sitting here today, you're probably thinking, oh, this is a bit intense, isn't it? <laughs> One minute, this crazy Greek guy is talking about feta cheese, and the next minute, he's talking about death and hell. I mean, it's all a bit, I think I might give this whole Jesus thing a pass. But I, I do hope you can see you need to stop trying the world's solutions to death that don't work. Trust Jesus instead. And if you do, you could walk out of those doors now knowing with surety that death no longer has power over you. You could walk out knowing you will enjoy eternal life with Jesus in heaven. You will have the true answer to death. I'm going to say a prayer at the end, um, and maybe you can repeat it in your hearts to maybe trust Jesus for the first time with your life and with your death. Or maybe some of you still have questions like, is this all really true? I mean, did it happen? Should, rising from the dead, it's a load of nonsense. A load of nonsense. This guy's talking nonsense. Well, it's not, and we'd love to show you the amount of reliable historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus so let's finish here. Uh, the world hasn't got the answer to death. You can't escape it. You can't just live for the moment, and you can't just hope. Uh, my mum was in the hairdressers recently, and she was talking to her hairdresser, Mary. And uh, Mary was talking about a uh, really sad uh, lady in her family, only 40 years old, uh, passed away recently. And her and my mum were talking, and she said, you know, is there something after you die? What, what's the point of all this? What's the answer? The answer is, Jesus has beaten death. If you have Jesus on your side, you can beat death too. Don't fear. Jesus gives us victory over death. Let's pray. Heavy Father, I'm going to say a prayer now and hope that people here would repeat it, maybe for the first time, trusting the Lord Jesus with their life and with their death. So I'm going to say now, Lord Jesus, I trust you now with my life and with my death. I believe you died for my sins and I want you on my side when facing death. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.